Well, hey there, everyone. John here with Crypto Top 10. Welcome back to another episode where we're going to be talking about some of the trending articles in the crypto news space, get you a little news update to kickstart or wind down your day. As always, thanks to everyone who has subscribed. I really do appreciate it. And down in the description, there are links you can follow so you can check out all these articles for yourself. So, without further ado, let's dive in real quick, talk about Aave. So, a report from Decrypt reveals that the Ethereum-based loan protocol Aave has raised $25 million in a funding round led by Blockchain Capital, Standard Crypto, Blockchain.com, Ventures, among others. The investment will be used to support Aave's expansion into the Asian market and drive the project towards greater institutional adoption. Investors will participate in the decentralized governance model that was recently approved by the Aave community. So quite a good get for them a little bit of extra money is never a bad thing as we all know very well right now and this will help them expand into asia which hey that's their goal the korean and japanese markets are uh, uh booming they have some of the highest adoption rates going <coughs> excuse me uh, mostly just because how dense their populations are and how tech heavy they just culturally have become over the past few decades it makes huge sense that they want to increase their footprint there and 25 million dollars will buy you a decent amount of ad space and promotional stuff so this could be a pretty good move for them so data from DeFi pulse shows that the uh, shows that ave has managed to maintain its position in the top three ethereum DeFi protocols despite the drop in prices of the main tokens in the sector uh, ave is hovering around 50 cents for their lend token at the time of publication has a total value locked of about 1.12 billion and the protocol holds about 3.1 million ethereum and just shy of 100k bitcoin not too bad uh, for those of you who are living under a rock ave announced the launch of its governance model to give more participation to the community in that sense it made a vote to determine the activation of the avonomics protocol uh, the old Aave token called LEN can now be swapped over for the new Aave token by investors at a ratio of 100 LEN to 1 Aave. So it's kind of nice. It shrinks things down a little bit. I do have some Aave. Uh, let's say I have 100. I, I have 100 LEN. I now have 1 Aave. whoop de do. Um, it's going to have some better... How do I want to word this? Um, it ha it's going to have more use cases for it. It's an upgraded token. It's going to allow people to stake uh, different types of things on the Aave protocol. So it's really nice. It adds some usability. It updates its governance model. It's really just Aave completing a migration away from its original name of ETH Lend. They changed the name to Aave, got into DeFi. So now they're getting rid of the Lend ticker symbol for the Aave symbol. Uh, Lend is currently like 50.6 cents and the Aave token is $50.60 so they're matching each other price wise pretty closely uh, they're probably just going to be that way to parity until the completion of the transition which does not have an end date so we'll see how long it takes so in a conjunction with all that Aave has shown a slight price increase of 0.18% in the last 24 hours 
Ave is traded at $50.60 with a market cap of 271-ish million. Remarkably, two days ago, crypto exchange Gemini, founded by good old Link of Lost Twins, announced that it has added the token for trading on its web and mobile platform. Uh, the Lend Ave transition is also going on on Binance right now. Or if you have Lend, you can actually upload that to Ave's platform and do the migration there. Those, there are a few extra steps. <coughs> Personally, I like having it on an exchange for these types of <clears throat> oh man, I am dying apparently, but I do like having it on a centralized exchanges for these types of transitions. It's just less work for all of us, though you do give up <clears throat> certain control, so that's not ideal for some people. So, eh, pros and cons, pros and cons. All right, hey, let's hop on over and get into Tezos. So they're pairing up with Microsoft and expanding into India a little bit. Quite, quite nice. So innovation management company Lumos Labs, a little Harry Potter reference, which specializes in technology, has created the Century program in cooperation with Microsoft. Cooperation with Tech Madria, the Indian Volkswagen division, Coda Auto, and Tezos India, the program focuses on the India-based startup blockchain scene, which is taken off now that crypto is not blacklisted for now. Uh, the goal is to evangelize, heal, and unearth 100 solutions based on the blockchain with specific industrial applications. Launched on October the 8th, so not too long ago. Uh, the Century program will be supported by the Tezos platform. Thus, the teams of the selected solutions will receive guides and tools on how to implement their application on Tezos's blockchain. Uh, Tezos getting in early on the India boom. It's a great bet to hedge, and a partnership with Microsoft is a really good kit for them as well. Like, I, I can't think of anything bad to say with this. You're getting into a country that's high risk, high reward. I mean, actually, it's low risk. Like, if India bans crypto, again, you Tezos hasn't really invested too much money. This just shows that they're willing to play ball and if india doesn't end up banning things kind of that back and forth wow they're in on the ground floor and they can really expand so this is actually really good for tezos uh, the goal of the program is to identify and resolve business related obstacles challenges and problems the program will seek blockchain solutions for the application in natural gas and oil manufacturing commerce finance healthcare telecoms entertainment and the public sector perfect um it's exactly what you need to do. Partners with Tech Madrina, Skoda Auto, DigiLab India, and Tezos India will further help strengthen the blockchain adoption immensely by highlighting the secured, interoperable, and scalable environment that the technology provides. I mean, again, this is just very, very good for Tezos and very good for the India cryptocurrency scene and just any Tezos holders as a whole. I do have like I think like $50 in Tezos. Uh, someone sent it to me, one of my buddies, just to like try to get me into the thing and eh, never really panned out because I'm such a big Cardano guy, but I still really do think this is a good protocol and they're making the right move by doing this. Cool, cool, cool. All righty, let's hop on over, talk about Wi-Fi. So yeah, Yearn Finance has been in quite the rut for the past couple weeks, and many in the crypto community blame the sharp correction on Sam Bankman-Fried, otherwise known hereafter as SBF, and the CEO, 
He's the CEO of Almeida Research FTX. He's also been involved with SushiSwap ever since Chef Nomi stepped back. So quite a bit of uh, credentials there for him. But yeah, let's get back to urine. So in the past month, the native Wi-Fi token has dropped 62.7% from a high of almost 44K to just 16K. And I mean, that's pretty substantial. So as Cointelegraph has reported, the majority of DeFi tokens corrected 40 to 60% in September. Boy, don't I know it. Uh, and this sell-off took place as Bitcoin and Ethereum prices dropped on it as well. End of September was kind of rough, but things look to be picking up here in October. Uh, throughout the past week, various reports emerged that Almeda Research has a short position on Wi-Fi. Uh-oh. So Almeda, which describes itself as a quant trading firm, is recognized as one of the most successful crypto trading firms. And they're trading up to $1 billion a day, according to a Bloomberg report, which that's just absolute insanity. Um, on October the 11th, SBF confirmed on social media that media that Almeda does have a short position on Wi-Fi, but emphasized that it did not crash the price. According to SBF, the, it was a net 200 Wi-Fi short position. It's equivalent to around $3.28 million at the price of 16400 Though when you compare that to the $1 billion in trading volume a day, $3.28 million is not that much. And the exchange executive said that it was not enough to crash the price of Wi-Fi. I kind of agree with them. $3.28 million is not enough to tip all the scales. But in an already shrinking market, it probably did contribute to the slide. Though how much, uh, that's, that's for God to know and us to never find out. So much of the negative sentiment around SBF's Wi-Fi short came from the speculation that he borrowed Wi-Fi specifically to short it. Uh, he denied the speculators and explained that most of the Wi-Fi was borrowed for liquidity and farming and not selling or shorting. And obviously for a firm the size of them, that 3.28 million is likely just to hedge against the market. Um, that way, if the market dips down, they make money on that, even though they lose money on some other positions. Uh, it, it's just one of those things. They're such a large business and they're dealing with such absolutely mind-breakingly insane amounts of money that this was just a drop in the bucket to them. And honestly, Wi-Fi has some of the highest total value locked out of all three. So to me, it just it doesn't seem like enough. But when bad news is running rampant, that probably did contribute to the decline. So Wi-Fi's price is still down significantly, significantly from its peak, but this doesn't mean the project lacks strong fundamentals. Actually, I rather like their fundamentals. Um, they're preparing to launch their Yearn version 2 vaults, which are a major upgrade over to their popular vaults that are currently existing. Uh, once active, the vaults will allow DeFi users to earn yields by staking their tokens inside them. Um, I know they're also doing something insurance related as well. Uh, Wi-Fi is actually one of the most, uh, it has the highest utility of all the DeFi tokens and that's part of the reason why it's had such explosive growth. They have their fingers in a lot of pie. And there's currently around $813 million worth of capital locked in your vaults as October the 12th, so those version 2s can't come soon enough. Yeah, no, pretty good for them, and I'm excited to see uh, their recovery, because I do think Wi-Fi is going to be around for a while.
So yeah, uh, hopping on over. Grayscale's Ethereum Trust just got granted SEC reporting company status. Their Bitcoin Trust already has this, but now they are moving on to the number two crypto. So the Ethereum Trust will begin regularly disclosing how much money is flowing through its passive Ethereum, Ethereum investment vehicle, according to these filings. Accredited investors, uh, i.e. rich people, who hold the trust will be able to sell after only a six-month lockup period instead of the usual 12. Uh, Michael Shaunashine, Grayscale's managing director, was quoted as saying, we're seeing interest from investors who have become more comfortable with digital currencies through Bitcoin exposure and are now looking at how else they can diversify within the asset class. So basically, we did this for Bitcoin. It was really successful and we made a lot of money. So now we're trying to do the same pretty much. Uh, the trust is their second crypto vehicle with shares run registered under the Exchange Act of 1934. Yeah, that is how old some of these things are. Maybe it's time for some updates considering uh, TV wasn't even invented then. Like, I think 1934. Yeah, like as long it's almost a hundred years ago it's probably time for some updates just probably well it looks like uh grayscale is part of digital currency group which actually owns coindesk's parent company which this article came from so there's a little bit of news for you so if coindesk starts pumping out a lot of really cool pro grayscale stuff not quite like this uh a little more flamboyant that was this is just kind of an update well, then, you know, there's probably a little side-to-side -side action go there. So I do appreciate that they uh, disclosed that. Hmm, quite nice. But all right, keeping the Ethereum news going, Ethereum has successfully launched yet another dress rehearsal testnet for the upcoming Ethereum Phase 2.0, or Ethereum 2.0 Phase 0, dubbed Zincan. So the launch occurred on Monday at 12 p.m. UTC, and unlike previous attempts, it was a smooth launch with enough participation and no major bugs. Pretty nice. So the testnet followed the bittersweet launch of Spadina, the first rehearsal that aimed to test the launch pad, uh, which did suffer from pretty low participation rates, which meant that a lot of validators who signed up for the testnet failed to bring their clients online. Well, at first that seems pretty womp womp, like such a big thing couldn't, such a big crypto couldn't get people to turn their crap online. Uh, this seemed to be due to a lack of economic incentives however they actually found some bugs in the clients with accounted for a significant portion of the problems which is why you have these test nets so that way you can find these problems i mean that seems pretty simple to me uh, maintaining a high participation rate is crucial for the integrity of the network as more than 66 percent of the stake must confirm blocks in order for the blockchain to be considered finalized meaning that the block can no longer be reversed so it's pretty uh pretty critical. So Zincan became the first testnet that passed the finalization threshold within a few minutes of its existence. Nice. Getting up and running pretty quickly, proving to be the most successful testnet launch so far. While it was below the ideal 90% participation, has been above 75% since Genesis, keeping it well out of that danger zone. It's one of those good news, bad news things, um, is that 90 lack of 90 percent because people aren't 
doing things correctly yet. Things aren't turning on or there's still some bugs to be worked out on, you know, some of the outlying computer systems. Like, is it working really well on Windows? But if for some reason you try to run it on Apple, it kind of after a while. I don't know. They got a lot of stuff they need to work on. Um, the 2.0 developers are pretty pleased with the launch, noting that the Discord chat is silent. Yeah, they didn't have people uh, complaining to them. So Danny Ryan, Ethereum's foundation's lead coordinator for 2.0, uh, was quoted as saying is that it's my impression that a 2020 launch is on target. This is an ongoing dialogue with client teams, and we need to take a second look at this testnet, but it is my understanding that this will trigger the next series of things. There's always blockers that might show up, so we need to do this responsibly. Um, and I think they are doing it responsibly, though incredibly, incredibly slowly, which frustrates all of us. Uh, you need to do it right, because if you launch this and it fails, I don't even want to know what that will do to the market. So Ethereum 2.0 Phase 0 will feature the launch of a beacon chain, which is the first building block of a new blockchain. Life on Ethereum 1.0 for all of us plebs will continue as before, although since the since the two blockchains will own, will have nearly no interaction with each other beyond a one-way deposit contract until the later stages come in, when you'll be able to uh, withdraw, transfer Ethereum, all types of fun stuff. So it's beginning. We're on track. Hopefully we'll uh, see this launch happen around Thanksgiving, maybe towards Christmas. Lord only knows what it will do to the Ethereum price and the price of the crypto market as a whole. Things are showing some really bullish signs, and a lot of people are hoping that the winter of 2020 will be a repeat of the winter of 2017. I know I am, um, though I will tell you this, I have numbers in my head where I'm like, yeah, that's where I'll sell. That's where I'll sell. And that's how much I'm going to sell. I already know. I've been buying up Ethereum, not in large amounts like a tenth here, a hundredth here. Like, I don't have a lot of money, but I've been doing that for a long time. So I've got a decent amount where I'm like, yeah, when this hits a thousand, I'm, I'm gonna sell. Is that gonna be enough to put me in Lambo land? No. Would be enough to help me put a down payment on a small house in a Midwestern state? Yeah. And I think that's the only, uh, that's the way to look at it. I'm not here to retire early, at least not yet. Um, I'm here to make my life better through my investments. And then my long-term investments, those I'm not touching. Those numbers that crypto has to hit is a lot, and that's the type of money I can retire on. There we go. So, uh, Bitcoin, yeah, let's talk about it. I kind of alluded, alluded to it already. But Bitcoin is decoupling from legacy markets as a breathtaking, a breathtaking rally is being predicted. So a report published by Kraken man, has identified signs of a correlation between Bitcoin and the greenback is weakening, as well as the rest of the legacy markets. Kraken's September volatility report found Bitcoin largely maintaining a negative correlation with the U.S. dollar index since May, despite a brief coalescence between the two markets in early September. The report attributes Bitcoin's dollar divergent to the 
to the U.S. Federal Reserve's plan to maintain 0% interest rates until at least 2023, uh, in addition to declining growth rates. Yeah, the coronavirus pandemic has created quite a downturn in markets around the globe. And the United States is especially hard hit just due to the size of the nation the size of the nation and the fact that different states have done different levels of quarantine and limiting and different U.S. citizens have done more or less. You have people on one end of the spectrum like me and my pregnant wife who have been very conservative because whether or not, you know, there's a high death rate and we're not in any like dangerous categories, um, she's pregnant. We don't know what that's going to do to a little baby. We really don't want to get sick with coronavirus. So we have been very, very conservative due to our situation versus some healthy young individuals who have been, uh, or hmm, older individuals who aren't as concerned with it are a little more laissez-faire and uh, don't really follow the restrictions as much. It's one of those things, the United States, the people in it, they love their freedom and we're all able to choose the way we want to do things for better or for worse. But Again, tangents. Looking forward, Kraken anticipates Bitcoin will post a stronger performance in October than September, and this would be consistent with the trend exhibited in eight of the past nine years. Yay! Uh, the report predicts October will drive an 11% gain for Bitcoin, suggesting it's going to close the month at around 11,850. Boy, I hope it's more like 15, but pff, what do I know? Uh, Kraken's mild optimism is outshone by some pretty bullish calls from a couple other analysts. Uh, former hedge fund manager Raul Paul recently revealed he shifted more than half his personal investment portfolio into Bitcoin in anticipation of massive institutional adoption. Honestly, I think we've kind of hit that point already and the market just hasn't really reacted, but whatever. But hey, that does it for the trending articles in the crypto news space for today, October the 13th. My name is John with Crypto Top 10, and as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for all those who have subscribed. And if you made it to this point in the video and you haven't subscribed, you might as well. You seem to have enjoyed yourself. And, uh, yeah, pop on down the description. Check things out. See if you cannot uh, take a look at some of these articles, read up, do your own research. But looking at Top 10 Coins by Market Cap, let's look at the biggest winner in the Top 10 uh, looks like that's going to be Cardano up 6% on the day, 17% on the week. Everything is green. It looks like the one that's up the least is Litecoin at the number 10 spot. Only up 0.58% on the day, but it is up 8% on the week. So that is what I'm liking to see. Uh, as far as biggest winner of the day, Ocean Protocols up 15%. And biggest loser engine coin is down three percent so pretty good day for crypto markets overall let's hope this trend continues as the rest of the week goes down uh, i do apologize for yesterday not posting a video or a podcast depending on where you're finding my content work is a little nuts this week i had a got a 14 yesterday because something went wrong uh, and I'm probably going to have a busy rest of my week. But, hey, getting that sweet, sweet overtime money before my kid's born. i got to take a month off to uh, deal with all that. But, hey, 
that does it for today. I will be back to talk to you all tomorrow. Peace out.